Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready. We're about to live in your head rent-free. Merry Christmas, Otterites. It is episode 135. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. All right. It's Christmas. Literally, Christmas Eve today, boys. Christmas hey, Eve. Yes. Christmas time is and here. We can do all this. It's so, Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mom's cooking chicken and collard greens. <laughs> He says with a mouthful of Little Debbie Christmas cake. Uh, no, no, these are uh, unicorn sprinkle strawberry. Well, come on, work with me here. <laughs> it's an audio only. It can be whatever. Veracity, it wants to be. veracity. Yes. We have to get the little things uh, right. That's right. Or they That's won't right. trust us on the big things. Very true. Very true. So, gentlemen, obviously, since it's Christmas, we're doing our Christmas themed episode as we always do. Mm-hmm. And now, this episode will have a shorter title. On the, uh, the the feed, but the one I like to call it is, Hi, I'm Santa Claus. I'm here to hand out presents and punch heretics in the face. And I'm all out of presents. Okay, there you go. Very Duke Nukem of you, sir. Yes. yes. Very yes. Uh, um, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes, yeah, yeah, there we go. Well, yeah. What is the name of that movie? Doggone it. I can't remember the name of the movie. I don't know either. Uh, yeah. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all uh, out of bubble gum. Well, yeah, well, that, you know, Duke Nukem stole it years later, but yeah, we'll have yeah. to uh, have to look that one up. And so, skip a bit, brother. Yes, we'll skip a bit, brother. Yes, so we want to talk about Santa Claus, but the real Santa Claus, That's Saint right. Nicholas. So, um, real quick, for all those who like to listen to our show with uh, the kids around, especially an episode like this. You may want to send them out of the room and not let them listen to this episode. Yeah, that's kind of a regular thing. I mean, generally you should send the kids out of the room. Well, yeah, but some people are others. very irresponsible. We are we are on our YouTube uh, feed is uh, it says we're explicit. We do occasionally drop a few curse words, but very rarely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we deal with adult themes, but we don't deal generally with you know like rated R kind of themes. Yeah, but this one we want you to send the kids out of the room because we don't want to burst any any bubbles. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. Not not because there was going to be a, you know, sexual innuendo. Right. Not not on this topic. No. I'll so, find a way. Yeah, you it, probably it can, can be done. Usually, this is done very subtly with great nuance and great humor because you know that's when you know. It's not the explicitness that makes it funny. It's, we, it's we usually cut Francis out of those, but every once in a while he's popped in a good one. That's true. That's true. And we had to give him some 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 praise on. on That's right. Got props in. where props are due. Yeah. So, so Saint Nicholas uh, is. You know, everybody knows the name, but we always think of Santa Claus, and in America we think of Santa Claus that didn't even a version of Santa Claus that did not even exist until the eighteen eighties. So, the real St. Nicholas is actually a Catholic bishop from the 4th century. St. Nicholas. And St. Nicholas is known for several things. Uh, there's a great famous painting of St. Nicholas that I absolutely love. And that is where he uh, is saving uh, these three who are about to be beheaded. And it's, just, it's a fantastic painting. Uh, then he's also known for the, what appears to be the origin of the gift-giving uh, part of the story mm-hmm. for uh, saving three young girls from a life of prostitution because their parents did not have enough money for a dowry. So he basically tossed in a little bit of money uh, one night in each of the girls' houses so that the parents would have the money for a dowry. So not only you know you had to pay to get rid of your, your excess girls back then, 
Crazy stuff, but whatever. But he did that to save them from prostitution. And from there, this whole idea of the gift giving, especially on the feast of St. Nicholas, mm-hmm. uh, which is December, December 6th, 6th yeah. uh, which is uh, where, depending on where your country of origin for the uh, where this your particular tradition comes from, uh, it can be lots of different things. It can be uh, candy and shoes, although I don't think I'd want to eat the candy that were in shoes, but you know... Uh, you know, there's different ways of, you know, it's little things that people would get on the 6th. Uh, you know, fruit, candy, whatever. And uh, that's still practiced in uh, many, uh, many places. Uh, still big in Germany, I believe, uh, in Poland. Uh, it was very big with uh, my, with Mrs. Roberts' uh, family uh, when she was mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he's got a great reputation as far as being uh, a great benevolent figure. Which, uh, you know, what else would we associate with Santa Claus? And yet he was also a fervent and ardent Christian. I mean, he was a bishop, so obviously he's not going to be a a lukewarm guy. He was at the first official full council of the church in Nicaea. And he is famously known for what I think is just the, even, I don't care if it's apocryphal, I choose to believe this. (laughs) Because it's such a great story. All right. So... The debate, the primary debate at that time was uh, whether or not Christ was, uh, Jesus Christ was fully human or if he was divine. So, you know, modern iteration thereof. Yes. And of course, modern theology will tell us he's both. He is both fully human and fully divine. And you cannot separate the two. And it's just a given that we all take, except for, of course, Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons, uh, they we would consider them Arians because they do not believe in the the divinity of Christ. Uh, modified versions of Arianism, but yeah, essentially right. uh, Arians in that sense. Uh, and Arian had converted almost the entire empire to his line of thought. Uh, a majority of the bishops going into this council would have professed Arianism. Going into the council, mm-hmm. this had to be resolved because the emperor said, look, it's causing unrest and I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. With, this is big because it's not just religious, it's political. Right, it becomes it's, political. It's, you know, which of these governors and which of these client kings are Aryans and which are uh, fully Catholic and which are what and this and that. So it's more than just like a Protestant split up a different sex it's it's very much affecting the political life of well pretty much the known world yes um and and you got to get this stuff settled right you cannot have this kind of dissension in that environment it's the way things were structured just couldn't have it yeah so they get together in nicaea in 325 a.d that's where it starts and Lots of arguing, I'm sure. It wasn't. There's no Robert's Rules of Order uh, going on in this. And at one point, the legend has it that St. Nicholas gets up and goes over and literally punches Arius in the mouth. Because he was denying the divinity of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's where we get the, you know, punching heretics in the face. And uh, he was actually uh, supposedly punished for this. It says he was temporarily defrocked. We probably wouldn't use that term today we don't means a yeah, different thing yeah but he was basically uh, probably taken from his sea uh and s- some kind of censure happened to the woodshed for a while yes yes 
but of course he was brought back because uh, he was far too uh, well regarded. And St. Nicholas's side won. Now, maybe that's because, you know, nobody wanted to get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, uh, you know, well, the, emperor, tells us, the you emperor know. is watching. You have to make a decision. And eventually the, what would become Nicene Christianity, the Nicene Creed, wins out. Right. Exactly. And Arianism <clears throat> becomes this unacceptable heresy. It doesn't go away right away. Oh, no, well, no, it never has gone there. away. Yeah, there have, have been various there. versions of it throughout history. It seems to be, well, uh, we would call uh, Muslims Arians today uh, because they also do not believe in the divinity of Christ. So in various forms, this, uh, this what we would call a heresy, uh, has propped, uh, cropped up uh, throughout history. Of course, there's the opposite heresy, which is Christ was fully divine and did not have a human nature, and all kinds of variations between the two. Yeah. But this is the first major uh, civilization-threatening kind of crisis. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they took care of it. And St. Nicholas was very much an important leader and player at that movement. So that's probably where he gained his, his international, uh, so to speak, uh, notoriety. And, yeah, of course, as all saints are, you know, they're known for their holiness and their devotions uh, to various things in the church. And, you know, his just grew uh, because he was especially generous uh, in the acts that he did throughout his life. Uh, real quick, and I'll turn it over to you guys uh, for a little bit more because I've been uh, going with the history here. Uh, he is the, uh, known as Nicholas the Wonder Worker because of all the miracles that are associated with his intercession. Uh, he is the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves. So regular thieves, mm -mm, just the repentant ones. That right. goes without saying. Yeah, that goes without saying. Uh, prostitutes, children, brewers, yay, brewers, yeah. uh, pawnbrokers, unmarried people, and students in various cities and countries around Europe. But not unrepentant prostitutes. Not uh, well, you know. Or I'm sorry, repentant prostitutes. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't give a distinction there. So repentant thieves, but not, not repentant pr prostitutes. Yes, yeah. it's an equal. He's equal opportunity with all prostitutes. Yes. Very progressive of him. Yes, very progressive. Yes. All right. Interesting. So that's a lot of things to be patron saints of, though. Well, you know, the sailors older the saint you are, and, yeah, the more things you are patron saint of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when you when you agree with that, Francis? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, the. They, you know, to get well known early, you kind of had to have a little bit of spectacular drama with what went with you. That's why we have so many martyrs early on. A, because, well, you know, until Constantine, you kind of got killed sometimes uh, when it's, you know, illegal. And especially, although most of the time it did not take place, but when the persecutions happened, well, you got a slew of them. Keeps yes. you. It was the real thing. It was yeah. the real deal. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it's usually why you ended up with that sort of stuff because. Modern saints were almost, you just didn't have as many of them. You always looked to antiquity to those who went before. And uh, when you start mixing in martyrdom or church councils, you got a plethora of uh, raw material to work with. So since uh, Nicholas, and I'm like, who doesn't love, you know, the punching areas in the face business? I mean, it's kind of like Mike Tyson. Everybody got a plan to somebody punch you in the face. Uh, and sure enough, there's proof of that in the year 325. <laughs> 325 is a long, long time ago, isn't it? It Indeed is. It is, yes. Uh, he is, obviously, he's one of the most well-known saints. If you had to pick a saint to be the most well-known after Saints Peter and Paul, 
It would almost have to be St. Nicholas, just because of the association with the Santa Claus myth. Right, even though we really don't know that much about him, relatively speaking. No, a lot of it is conjecture. A lot of it may be apocryphal. Uh, You know, the punching Arius in the face, I almost have to believe, just because that's such an oddball thing to make up. Yeah, and it's kind of public, you know? And it's Uh, very public, yes. That's one of the reasons that, you know... And I'm sorry, if one bishop punches another bishop in the face... In the middle of a council or somewhere thereabouts. That's going to make news. It's going to make news. That's yeah, right. that's, that's going to really hit the gossip vine. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about him, though, is obviously this association with Santa Claus as we, you know, the North Pole God. Uh, because he's called St. Nick. Right. But he's not St. Nicholas. He's more Chris Kringle. Right. He's more Chris Kringle, which is, uh, is a Germanic uh, thing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but he gets his name associated with what becomes Santa Claus at, through this Sinterklaas, and right. that's Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and that's because you know his his gift giving, saving the prostit- the girls from prostitution, and so on, and so you know there is, as in most things, an historical basis for the myth that is later built up, which I always find fascinating, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to think that uh, the story of St. Nicholas is much more uh, uh, interesting, to be honest, than the story of Chris Kringle ever is. And maybe that's that's my Catholicism coming out, because Chris Kringle, uh, or Sinterklaas, is very pagan in its roots. Yes. It's, uh, it, the, the entire, well, the entire concept of the Christmas tree is Germanic paganism. Right, uh, which we have baptized into a Christian symbol. Which that's exactly where I was going to go with this, is that with a lot of those, the Catholic Church recognized as it grew by conversion, because inherently the good news of Jesus Christ is attractive. It is something that, as a general, you know, people you know, with an agenda often will say, well, Christianity was imposed at the point of the sword. That is really not true. As a general rule, uh, that's not the way this works. Christianity is brought into an area and the people want it because it gives some meaning and purpose to their otherwise bleak and short lives. Right. Uh, and, they, and, they, and it has a basis in what we believe is revelation, Christ's coming, which was established and real. So, of course, this is going to be attractive to people, unlike, and I, I don't mean to, you know, smack our Muslim brothers and sisters, but uh, Islam was pretty much imposed at the point of the sword. Yes, uh, th- 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 their history is well known with that, uh, and that they, they didn't stay that way. Uh, they would eventually get to the point when you start talking about Al Andalus. Uh, it was a very peaceful transition, and it was a cultural mix and things like that. I'm getting off subject a little bit, but it reminds us that when we go into a place as Christianity and drive out the old gods, people don't want to lose those customs that they've grown up with. So you've got this adaptation of the Yule tree, you know, the evergreen during the, the snows of winter, the winter solstice celebration that is grafted onto the Christian symbols. And, you know, and it talks about, and um, you, uh, as we remember from our, one of our favorite movies, Excalibur, John Borman was very deliberate with that imagery. He wanted to show that Merlin was the old pagan ways being eclipsed by the new Christianity 
brought in by Arthur. And that was, I mean, Mormon yeah. will tell you this, that was, he wants that dichotomy here. Uh, and it's explicit in there. And that's really what happened. Yeah. <coughs> how do you, how do you convert while still giving s- some comfort to people uh, when you're asking them to take on this entirely new way of life? That's right. And you new way of thinking. A new way of new thinking. thinking. And you do not wish to and seem so to you, impose this. Yeah. So you subsume their habits and their symbols in and adopt them into and adapt them to what you're asking them to take on. That's right. right. And if they are popular enough, they spread. Yeah. Yeah. The Christmas tree is probably the best example of right. that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we the church has done the same thing in South America. We've done it in Central America, Mexico. We've done it especially in Africa. Uh, Africa is probably the only legitimate place where you have liturgical dance because yeah. that's essentially where it comes from. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's not only permitted, but it's expected there. Yes. That's, it, but it's it gives most Catholics, at least American Catholics, the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, it just it doesn't see it. it just not, it's just not part of our tradition. It's not part of our tradition. It's not part of our form of worship. Some of that is Puritanism. Some of that's also Victorian. Yeah. Attitudes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's very much a Puritanism. But yeah, it, uh, it, it's 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 the next generation. And, uh, and some part of it is. Man, we're just too lazy to dance. Just let us sit here. Well, have you seen most Americans dance? We're terrible. We are. We are awful at it. Yeah. Well, you know, dance but doggone is... it's Sunday, and I, I worked all week, and I got up late, and I'm just barely here at mass, and I don't want to dance. Well, that's the thing, though. The people in the pews don't have to dance. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, you bring in the dancers and things like that. Some of that is is very Celtic in origin. Yeah, yeah, uh, because uh, and well, I want to yeah, because the the dance piece was a Celtic thing. Uh, the Welsh still still practice it. The Scottish, I mean, they're all Scottish. It's, it's crap. Yeah. So there's but some of that in yeah. there, but the Norman French, which became the dominant English culture, kind of said, no, 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 stop the music. We're not doing any more of that. And that's you know, dancing for us is in you know, in the ballroom. Uh, within a very yeah. specifically defined methodology. Yeah. And it's very interesting about how much of our traditions about things are much more Germanic than they are Norman French or, or and, what would become and, English. And those are very, very, interesting. Very, well, very different cultures. Yeah, That's because the, the, the Germans, the Saxons, uh, very much, even though the Normans conquered... England after the Saxons became there, came there, the Saxons conquered it back when uh, William and Mary were invited to be king and queen. So yeah, yeah, a well, lot of that Germanic stuff uh, is actually part of uh, English tradition as well. It is uh, from pre from pre Norman okay, times, right? Because it becomes the Hanoverians and they yes. bring stuff to England that's yes. well, German. And, 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 and from there you've got. Victoria marrying Albert, who is extremely German, and there's yes. that tension that happens there for a while. Yeah, getting to the point we've talked about this, where the royal family has to change their name during World War One. Right, they have to become the because Windsors. they are they are genetically German, you know, because Victoria was and Albert was, and it's you know, the royal family is essentially German, and the surname reflected that. Yes, uh, so they had to graft themselves into the English culture, which they had subsumed themselves. I mean, they oh, yeah. had taken on. They were very English in the way they worked, right? And the but way they, they just lived. genetically were all but genetically German. they were different. That's right. And I'm not sure if there there might be a distinction without a difference, perhaps. Well, you know, those family traditions will 
in, will color your, your beliefs or your practices as well. And, you know, that some of that stuff will be, be seen as popular because it comes from king and queen. Well, that's right. I mean, uh, Shakespeare says in Henry V, we are the makers of manners. And yes. it's very, very true. In fact, and yes. uh, the tartan and all Scottish uh, accoutrements and symbols were suppressed after Culloden until Victoria because she took She resurrected all that stuff. All that stuff because she thought it was fascinating. Yeah. And she also realized, those are my people. They're not going to revolt against me. Let's let them have this back. And she was right. They, yeah, give them something to grab onto. That's right. You know, the tartans and, and all that. All there there was back. no longer. They were fully the United Kingdom, with the, and they had the ability to have various cultural representations of that that were not harmful to the unity. Yeah, which is all fascinating in the context of Saint Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> which is my way of saying we've gotten off a bit, uh, a bit. But off it's just yeah, yeah, fascinating. But, you take all of that and then you end up with. A guy in an itchy suit and fake beard sitting in a shopping mall uh, with little kids urinating on his pants. Right. You had to go there. You had to go there. I would have expected <laughs> well, that one. The other way, if you don't go there, you got to go into, is this guy a perv letting all these kids oh, sit no, on his no, lap? No, that. That's know. right. I mean, because, um, yeah. you know, and parents a red brother, BB gun, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Yeah. And, and, and then he brings in the little brother and he screams, get him out of here. Send him down the, send him down the that slope. Well, right the slide. And then, of course, there's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Well, you know, besides Die Hard, uh, Bad Santa. I have not watched. Bad I have Santa, not had Billy Bob Thornton, yes, Billy Bob, and Lauren yes. Graham, and many others. Uh, I love Lauren not, Graham. Well, that's right. Yes, yes she's. Uh, it, it is so absurd that it is hilarious. You can't help but love. Billy Bob Thornton is bad Santa because he's so bad at being Santa. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll watch just about anything Billy Bob Thornton does. I yes. like him a lot. If you get a chance to watch his TV series on Amazon, Goliath, fantastic. I'm not oh, seeing Fantastic. That. The first season is tremendous. The second was pretty darn good. The third one, meh, but the fourth one just aired. We haven't watched it yet. It's Billy Bob Thornton. That's really all you need to know. He's, See, he's going to be Every time we do an episode, there's more to watch, more to read. I do not have time for this stuff. Sorry, dudes. I, I cannot help it. It's so much just, television. I cannot help it. And he's writing a book. That's right. Exactly. We're working on and it. And doing two other jobs. You're going to give me a retroactive hernia if you keep this up, guys. Come no, on. we're just yeah, we bow in awe of your ability to get so much done. That's all I can do to keep up with Wilson the Wonder Doodle. Well, yes, I understand that, but it's uh, we. At least um, Bosco is a professional napper. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, uh, Mrs. Oh, Francis said. Speaking I have, of, yeah, go ahead. We do need to yes, to, an, uh, an official to make note and uh, raise the glass to the uh, passing uh, of the family pet. Oh yes, that's yes. that is correct. Farewell to Anara. As we record this, this is it's a week old. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, all, you, all you brown coats out there. Um, Francis's dog, Anara. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll get the reference if you're a brown coat. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we, we've discussed her before. She was uh, adorable. She was. I mean, she adorable. loves you guys tremendously. Uh, uh, I think she barked maybe three times in her whole life. That's uh, uh, and uh, although my son says five, uh, but that's about it. That's we heard. But she stepped uh, on the rainbow bridge, and we have to say farewell. She did. Yes, yes. it was. Uh, yes, could, just uh, what. Barely two months after uh, uh, my, our daughter, my yeah, daughter's, daughter's dog, dog yeah. passed away, it had to be had to be put to sleep because uh, yeah. for various reasons. This one here, she was she's had Cushing disease for a long time. She was twelve. Oh, she's fourteen years old. We had her for twelve years. 
Fourteen's a good run. A good run that's for, a the, for, good the, run. for a mid-sized dog is what she yeah. was. She was yes. half. That's uh, about right. She was a puggle, you know. Uh, yeah. Most, but mostly beagle. I think that it was. Yeah, beagle, I think beagle so. was dominant. Oh yeah, uh, very much so. She had a nice long snout. Yeah, uh, and uh, she so had cushy uh, Cushing's disease uh, and made really, her weaker. Yeah, but really rough on it her. was, and it led to congestive heart failure. And we knew that there was something wrong, and not to hurt any dog lovers out there, but uh, you know, she began to collapse because she yeah. couldn't breathe because half of her heart shut down. Yeah. And yeah. once that happened, you know, any uh, any noise, any excitement whatsoever would cause this to happen. Right. She, I mean, uh, somebody knocks on the door, and she turns, and boom, it's it's done. So that's when they realized this can't continue because it's she was in pain when that happened, and it would happen all the time. So. Yes, the Rainbow Bridge is. Uh, yeah. Raise a glass of mixtures to to an arm. Well, and and my son went with my wife into uh, into the doctors to do that. I was very proud of him. I was prepared to go, and he said it's kind of like no dad, I want to. That's, yes, it's a reason to be proud yes. for a young man who would face the trauma because he was eight when we got her. Yes. Oh yeah, yes. Uh, when we had to say bye to Jesse, uh, summer ago in twenty twenty. Uh, Bjorn accompanying us and uh, so currently they only allowed two back there. I did yes. I did not lay that out. Yes, so only two ah, could go. Yes, uh, so it was my wife, of course, because it was her dog uh, and our son. Yes, I, I I've been very lucky in that the the uh, two major dogs I've had that have lived long enough to uh, to die a natural death, uh, I did not have to put down because they were relatively sudden. Right, uh, it's good that you know, lady was probably. Uh, objectively speaking, probably could have been put down a, a few days prior, but cause she, I mean, she was just all of a sudden couldn't really do anything. And she was, was she 20? 16. 16. 16. Ooh, uh, 16 my aunt's days. poodle made it to tw- 18 or 20. I forget yeah. what. Smaller what dogs. Yeah, can, smaller dogs. Can manage that longer. Yeah. Um, uh, Ditto's lived to be, I think, 11, but he had hip dysplasia. Dogs like him with hip dysplasia generally live half that long. Well, yeah, because that, he, that he, he was huge. He was a big he was dog. A big dog, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, he just collapsed one day. He was didn't even know anything was wrong with him. And yeah, had to yeah. carry him into the house because well, he went out to our, do his business. And our previous dog, that's what happened. She, it, I don't think it was, it may have been hip dysplasia, but she got to the point where she couldn't go, she would collapse, she couldn't go outside. Yeah. And she's too big to carry. Yes. Uh, yes. It's something that I did, you know, that that day and the next day until we could get things arranged. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, she's, you know, that's probably, she's 100 pounds. You know, Mama ain't carrying her out, that's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, so, and I, I did not plan on making this, a, a, you know, a long-term uh, right. duty of mine, so. All right. But, you know, it's still, it's very sad because, you know, they are family members. They really are. Very much yeah. so. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And, and it's, it's uh, always sad. Uh, the mourning will continue for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, and you, 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 you miss them in the absence of things. Yes. When things that you do not have to do anymore. Yes. That's where you notice. Suddenly. Or they or they would do certain things that they don't do anymore, you know. You don't have to watch where you walk when you get up uh, to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night so you don't step on the dog. See, I never had to worry about that because oh, my dog was always on his bed in the corner. Downstairs in his chair or more likely on one of the couches that he wasn't yeah. supposed to be on. Yeah. Uh, or Bosco is uh, downstairs in my basement. He has adopted, or, or shall we say claimed, 
the prime spot on my couch in the in the uh, 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 downstairs area in my man cave. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he, I mean, he's sleeping there a lot. I kind of like it because at least he spends some time in the same room with me. Yeah. yeah. He still doesn't want me to bother him. Right. Because, right. you know, That's totally cool. professional nappers, you don't mess with a professional when they're about their business. Yes. So, it's very well put. So, yes. yeah, Honor Rights, I think the last time I really talked about Wilson the Wonder Dude, who's still a brand new pup, so he's itty bitty. Uh, he is now 28 pounds. And uh, and Francis knows every pound of it. Yes. When the fellas came to Studio M this morning, um, uh, as is well known, Robert's much more the dog person. Uh, Wilson pretty much ignored Robert. Yeah, he almost scared him, of me. Gave him a little attention, but jumped all over Francis. Because he knows a good heart when well, he sees Well, thank one. you for that. Yes, that well, is true, but as listeners may know... I'm like Sheldon Cooper. I don't like to be touched by dogs or animals or things like that. That's just kind of, I just don't do that. And, of course, they, with great relish, uh, well, well, And, uh, in fairness, I know your allergies are a tough thing for you. They are. But Wilson the Wonder Doodles, very hypoallergenic, does not shed much. I'm, yeah, I've and, not been affected at all, and, so uh, it's no problem. But, uh he he uh, was all over Francis this morning. It was it was wonderful. We had a good laugh. We did. We did. Uh, you know, yes, it's you always did. wonderful to watch Francis have to deal with dogs that l- want to love on him so much. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because you know cats. They always go to the person who's not a cat person. Yeah. And dogs, they always look to convert. You know, cats do it. I think just to annoy that non-cat person. Yes. Dogs, they instinctively know. Okay, he's a dog person. I don't have to worry about him. This one I need to convert. <laughs> they are zealous in their uh, attempts at Conversion. being missionaries. Yeah, kind of yeah. like punching heretics, right? Yes. 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 Right. Oh, nice segue. Nice way to bring it back oh, around. Right. So, so, yeah. nice Completing the sentences, as Monty Python would say. Yes. Well, we there is there is one more uh, one more item I would like to do, though. Oh, as yes. We, as we discuss uh, being here. Again, I'm thrilled to have the fellas back uh, in Studio M. Uh, 30th floor of Nakatomi Plaza. We are maxing and relaxing. We have our glass of Michter's bourbon here. Yes. yes. Super smooth. I uh, poured one last snort neat rather than with ice. And, uh, yes, I'm getting a lot more of the complexity this way. Um, well, wow, super, super it's good. It's Christmas, guys. Yeah. Shouldn't we be, you know, everybody, if you're going to imbibe, why wouldn't you do it on a holiday yeah. like this? Yes, so yes, the last several episodes now, we have all imbibed the same thing at the same time. Uh, which I kind of like it when we do that, so we can discuss the things that are that we pull out of yeah, our rear end. It should, end should be our norm. Yeah. yeah, this is complex. Like I said last time, I think licorice, oaky, char, woodsy, maybe just a touch of chocolate as well. Yeah, there's sweetness there. Yeah, so uh, getting more. Of the I wouldn't have said now. chocolate, but I would have said sweetness. So yeah, I'll take that. So, yeah. but I'll, I also want to mention I added. Um, Something to Studio M on the stairways down to Studio M. Oh, that's M. right. We haven't talked about this yet. Uh, yeah. A high school classmate, thank you, uh, Shane, made a bourbon barrel top with the Snakes and Otters logo on it. That's right. And if you want to see this, folks, you're probably seeing it on your podcast right now. But you can always go to our website, snakesandotters.com. Yes, there is a blog post that features a photograph. I'm very, very grateful to Shane. Yes, I uh, got to say, it, I'm it's quite so jealous. Awesome. You have the, the Bellarmine seal... As well as the uh, bourbon barrel top, which yeah. is just phenomenal. Well, it's, it's positioned barrel. as you come down his steps, and it is perfectly positioned. It's perfect yes. there. Thank you. Yes. Take, it's as if saying, you know, 
abandon all ye other inferior uh, beverages yeah. uh, <laughs> as you now enter the domain of snakes and otters. Amen. So, just uh, yeah, bourbon barrel lids make uh, excellent decorations, and and when you get the design burned in, and, and Shane does all kinds of stuff. Of course, he you know he does the university, local universities, and basketball teams, and personalizes them for people in their homes and their you know family names and stuff. But I got him to do one. Uh, a snakes and otters logo is a little bit of a challenge, but he pulled it off great. Excellent. Yeah, it, it's and a perfect uh, re- uh, perfect replica. Yeah, and, of the uh, uh, you know what the, the finish. Uh, of course, he seals them with the finish and everything. And it's gloss. It's beautiful gloss. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of the Bellarmine seal, uh, I don't know if I told you guys that you know since we are rabbit holing the great. Yes, here, we're we're way off, but uh, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Christmas. We can do that. Uh, so the second child, the middle spawn, yes. and I, we have gotten season tickets to the Bellarmine men's basketball games. Awesome. Well, aren't you just the special so, one? You know, they're held now in Freedom Hall. Awesome. Yes, I did know and that. Uh, a good yes, friend started of mine. that last year. Good friend of mine has got season tickets conference. there. Yes. yes. And the Bellarmine logo is plastered on the floor. Yes. So oh, yeah. it is, you know, when they do basketball, that's the logo that's on it. Yeah. So I think we need to start a petition to rename Freedom Hall. Now, it's already a Knights Hall, but we need to rename it to Knights Arena. Mm, interesting. Because the Knights are the only ones playing major major sport there. Yeah, uh, University of Louisville is not their floor anymore. Nope. Yeah. So Bellarmine is the only occupant of Freedom Hall. Yeah, so I think Knights Arena... I'm loving it. As is, opposed to Knights Hall, yes. which is the small one where we used right, to Right, which is, you know, Knights Hall should always be what is on campus. Right. So, and you know, that's obviously still the practice facility. Yes. So, uh, yes, Bellarmine has joined Division One. They are our Division One school now for men's basketball. And it's pretty uh, awesome. They came in second in their conference after they being came, predicted to finish last. They came very close to winning the A-Sun. Yes. Very close first, to winning. Now, the they cannot year. go to the NCAA uh, men's tourney. For four years, which I do not understand, nobody moves up to do better in your postseason tournament. You know, I can see a Division One team I mean, moving down, being barred, yeah, for a couple of years. But moving up, who cares? Yeah, I mean, if you if you're moving up, why not? Why the restriction? It's yeah, it's well, one of those it's, stupid bureaucratic it's, rules. There's Any there's something there that they're t- trying to prevent somebody from getting away with. Well, don't know yeah. what that is. I'm not. Sh- I'm That's not the thing. Smart I don't know. What what could it? What could it be? Anybody you're... big enough to do well in the in the major tourney is it's already there. Division One, right? You know, they they would have long ago become Division One. So it, it's very strange, but it may be a recruiting issue. I'm not sure. Could be. There's all sorts of regulations but that you know. They're in the big time now. They just uh, we went to the uh, one game uh, back on October 28th. And it was preseason, and they played a little school called Tiffin. Yep. Phenomenal game. Yeah. So, if you guys have, you, I know you guys have never been to a basketball game, at least not a modern game. I don't know if you ever went. To oh, it's been school. forever and ever since. I, 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 I was supposed to go in the spring. Uh, my oh. good buddy has season tickets, and he invited me to go, Jerry. And I, I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it work. Uh, oh. The wife and I were going to go with him and his wife, they're great friends of ours. And it's going to come around. So well, hopefully when, this season will be When the be middle there. spawn cannot go, one of you will be able to go with me. Oh, 
Uchiwawa. That's uh, so you know good, obviously, good thing. You know, I can't take both of you, but if all the seats aren't taken, you know, you buy a ticket at the door and yeah, you know, one well, or, I mean, one or we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. We'll take turns. It's not yeah. a big problem. So well, and I don't know how often you know that happened that she can't go or I can't go, but you know, I'm sure it'll happen over the course of a. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe we have to do some kind of arena fight, like on Star Trek. See who gets the ticket. There oh, you go. with with the oh yes, the Anvun and Delerpa. <laughs> so I'm experts, dude. I'm telling you, Vulcan fighting <laughs> techniques. Well, I got this down. No, no, not Vulcan fight. No, no, the uh, whoever gets up, their shirt lifts, Whoever the, gets their shirt ripped across with a nice little cut. That's who gets the ticket. That's yes. who gets the ticket. Yeah. Or, Kirk, or bleeding out of the side of the mouth. Well, that goes without saying. Yeah, of course. The Kirk, the Kirk uniform rip. Whoever ends up with that, yes. Yes. This is true. It's what, is that, what is that episode where they're forced, they have the collars and they're forced to fight? Uh, Gamesters for Triskelion. Gamesters yes. for Triskelion. Yes, Gamesters for Triskelion. That's, right. yes, that's yes. right. Fantastic stuff there. Uh, yes. Not near as uh, uh, a mock time was the one with, the you know, he gets that you know, cut through there and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, which he gets in many other... Yeah, well, the Gorn episode two. I mean, we could go on and on, yes, but yes. You know, but, hey. but but this is Christmas, and we're talking about Saint Nicholas. So go ahead. Um, yeah, Saint Nicholas has his own merits as far as a saint. Uh, you know, if you're Catholic and you haven't any devotion to saints, you know, I think he's a great one because of his generosity. But what fascinates me is this transition to uh, jolly old Saint Nick and the uh, Thomas Nast newspaper inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, image with the red suit and all that, and uh, along with Clement Moore and his poem, yeah, that was uh, that was about was the night before time. Christmas, right? Which laid down a whole lot of that, uh, right? Uh, which is still, I mean, it's been published a gazillion times. Oh yeah, I every mean, every one of us had some kind of picture book based on that poem when we were kids. Yeah, I mean, in fact, it got to the point with me and my three siblings; each of us had our own that was claim that was published right around the time we were born. That were ours, right? And you know, some. And to be honest, the one I had was pretty dang on nice uh, in the mid '60s. Uh, the one my brother had eight years later was not near as good. Don't know what that is. Well, you know, the oldest child always gets the best. Well, we'd like to think so. That's right. Well, being the youngest, I don't. You know, I, I know. Uh, so. Yes, it's a very old argument. We don't understand. That's right. But you know, it's to me, it's fascinating yeah. how that transition is made, and you know, even the date is not kept the same. You know. The, the Germanic tradition of St. Nick is still December 6th with the, the little treats and the shoes. And yet we have this Christmas, you know, which is tied up with the, uh, the three wise men, the three kings, whichever version of that you want to call them, and bringing the presents to the baby Jesus. So all of that gets mixed in with St. Nicholas and saving the three men from death, saving the three young girls from the life of prostitution, and all of that. And we get this modern, commercialized <laughs> abomination that we call the Christmas season that starts in June. Yeah. Or something close to that. Coca-Cola right. and... Oh, yes. And Coca-Cola has really co-opted yeah, the Yeah. Department stores and kids will shoot your eye out and... Well, you I will grant you, the one good thing that has come out of all of that are the Christmas TV shows. The Christmas specials. That's right. Which we've, we've talked about which we've talked about before. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you might remember... Um, with the Charlie Brown series of, of television specials, they started with Charlie Brown Christmas. is the one everybody knows the best of. But they had many others. Oh yeah, uh, and they would add these when we were children. You know, they, every few years Charles Schultz would say you know, because the Christmas one turned out to be a bazillion seller. It was huge uh, after fashion. So they came up with one for Easter, 
this is about the mid-70s. And I think this is Schultz, I don't know this for sure, but they go into a department store, uh, Lucy and Linus and Peppermint Patty and, and uh, Sally, I think it is, and it's 283 days to Christmas. Yes. Everything is, is decorated for Christmas. And this is right around uh, Easter, which is like the, the amazing middle, you know, the finger of flying friendship has been extended by Charles Schultz to the entire commercial Christmas uh, yes. article, which is kind of like part two of what he tried to set yeah. out in you know, the classic, you know, the first one. Uh, right. It's not about commercialism, Charlie Brown. Exactly. And this is the same finger in the eye. Because, you know, the Christmas season doesn't start with Thanksgiving. It starts on Christmas Eve. <laughs> That's right. And it runs through Epiphany. Right. Which is So the 12 days of Christmas don't happen until Christmas Eve. That's when it starts. And I, I read the story that the reason we have now become an early, you know, is because of World War II. That the post office was encouraging all the people back home who wanted to send presents to the, to the, uh, the, soldiers. Men, the soldiers overseas to do their shopping early and put them in the mail. Because, you know, there's no guarantee that stuff's going to get there quick. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, the uh, department stores just love that. And now Christmas starts, the Christmas buying, now starting in October. I've literally yeah, seen about Halloween. Black Friday stuff before November 1st. Mm-hmm. You know, Black Friday specials. If we go lower, you'll get the, the price difference and stuff like that. That's Best Buy's thing. Right. Um, well, some of that is. I mean, you know, first the decorations were showing up before the kids were going back to school, and you know now the sales are starting in, in October. What's messing with some of that is the Halloween decorating business is so huge; it's kind of like this uh, tidal wall. You can't really get. You can have sales ahead of time, but the decorating part won't. You're not going to overwhelm that Halloween piece because it's I don't know. So See, important. I don't know that Halloween decorating is that big. It's it's the second biggest after Christmas. Uh, yeah, ho- but holiday I mean, that's well, if Christmas is like eighty percent, then you know, second biggest is not really that big. I guess, but uh, it, no yeah. other holiday throughout yeah, I mean, the nation. Yeah, retail for sales, sinks or sales float, yeah. dollars. Or retail stuff. sinks and floats on Christmas, but um, but yes, Halloween has now become the second biggest deal as far as. Anything that generates money, right? In a holiday, and, and but that, it's still compressed in time, though. Yeah, because even before Halloween gets here, the Christmas stuff comes out. Because I mean, that's that's almost all. Yeah, I mean, true. you know, you, the rhythm of the year retail is, you know, back to school. All right, clear that out. Get the Halloween stuff out. Okay, clear that out. Get the Christmas stuff out. Right. And then it's uh, then it's Valentine's Day. Then yeah. Valentine's Day, and then Easter. Easter. Then Easter, and then Fourth of July. Day. Mother's Day. Day. Yeah. Mother's Day's huge. Yeah. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. And, and then. Yeah. But there's no decorations and stuff like that. I mean, it's, that's correct. It's, yeah, uh, but it's once you get out of Easter, it's basically summer stuff for the grilling and Fourth of July and travel. Right. The sales are generally tied to the big holidays, even though you know, because Mother's Day it's only for moms. Not everybody's a mom. Father's Day. It's only for dads. And right. It's, it's not quite the same. Whereas Super Bowl Sunday is huge. Right. Yeah. For uh, electronics. Yes. Because well, yeah, TVs. Of course, now, so are the returns the, the Monday after Super Bowl. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, but a lot yeah, of people do that. They buy big TVs and return them. Yeah. So it's, yeah, the, 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 the rhythm of the year in retail and, and, but yeah, sweeping out. Okay, Halloween's over. Sweep all that out. 
mark all the candy to 25% of its original, and let's get the Christmas stuff out there. Right. And and it's it's just... Yeah. Whoosh. All of November is now pre-Christmas. Oh, yes. It used to be, you know, Thanksgiving was kind of like that unofficial we'll agree... And then until we don't agree. <laughs> right. And now, yeah. you know, Thanksgiving sales, you know, Black Friday sales now start on Thanksgiving. You know, in a couple of years, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it'll be all of Thanksgiving week. Yeah. Which in some ways is better because I know I've heard from some people in retail that Black Friday is actually better now because it's not all compressed into Friday. That's right. Yeah. In one day. Uh, which I get. But, you know, really, you can't close the stores on Thanksgiving Day. Come on. Well, they have been. Yeah, but there, there, was gradually, some, there was some backlash yeah. to staying open on Thanksgiving. Yeah, but and I think some it's, retailers have started closing up. Yeah, or or they'll open at five p.m. on Thanksgiving. Well, there are some yes that are opening for a little while yeah. and then closing for for whatever reset they're doing, and then you know. But still, some things should be sacrosanct, and you know, yeah. Thanksgiving like is so. is it's both a, it's a quasi religious holiday because uh, anytime you give thanks, who are you giving thanks to? God. Okay, but it's very generic kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But it's still it just I've always been fascinated with this kind of morphism that has happened from the guy who saves young girls from a life of prostitution to uh, you know stripper pole Barbie. Granted, there's not one that's really doing a stripper pole, but I think that was suggested at one time a dancer with a pole. I don't know if it ever actually made yeah, it to yeah. I mean, you, you go from slapping Arius over. Uh... Heresy to, uh, you know, punching your neighbors over cabbage patch dolls. Right. There's a continuity to history. That's right. There is. Well, yeah, like I said, it may j- not repeat, but it, it rhymes. But it rhymes. Yeah. Well, jingle all the way with Arnold. Oh yeah. yeah and it's you know, looking for the toy, the one, and then all that stuff. It's actually not a band. Yeah. Oh no, it's a fun film. Ar- Arnold did some really, you know, I love Conan the Barbarian. It's one of my favorites. The Terminator is great, but Arnold. Was actually a pretty good comedic actor. He was. He yeah. really did some yeah. really. Kindergarten good, Cop was awesome. Was awesome. It's, it's not, not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> uh, it's you know uh, Arnold in his heyday, you know, in the eighties yes. and early nineties, he was a force to be reckoned with. Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, what what is it about people that causes to take something so good? Yeah. And totally screw it up. And ruin it with uh, you know, crash commercialism. Crash yeah. commercialism. Now, we say it's for a good cause, you know, so the kids can have presents to open up on Christmas Day. But you know what? That's a load of crap, too, because there's a whole lot of inequity in that in the sense that um, grandparents, especially, always screw this up. Because mm-hmm. they'll give the grandkids some big-ass present, mm-hmm. and they'll say it's from Santa Claus. Well, the kids go back to school, and their poorer friends, you know, they got a new outfit from Santa Claus. Yeah, you're you're perpetuating an idea of economic injustice well, early on. That's not really very fair. Well, you know, what what does it what does it tell the kids about themselves? You know, they I mean, literally, you know, I never had this because I never really paid that much attention uh, to that sort of thing. Um, I mean, looking back on the Christmases that we had, there's we had some really poor, as in monetarily poor Christmases, but. You know, when you're a kid, it's mostly about opening the presents, or at least, you know, that's the way I remember. Yeah. 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 I, of course, I grew. I came of age before we had the, you know, the Great Cabbage Patch Wars of the 1980s. Yeah. 
Right, a lot of the stuff we had then were pretty were not that expensive, relatively right. speaking. So it was all it takes is a couple of those. But we were on the leading edge of the commercialism. We were yes. to, toy commercialism yeah. because yeah. The Sears catalog in the early seventies. Oh. Sears catalog was was fracking amazing, and you can find those online, by the way, uh, which is really kind of cool to go back right. and look at. You know, well, and, and up to a point, toys were kind of generic and sort of the same, and until Star Wars, and, yeah, until until Star Wars. Um, you know, and then it then it really started to be a real money making competition. A lot of the stuff before at, that at was time. a holdover from the forties and fifties. Well, yes. it was. I mean, there was the 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 licensed stuff. You know, there was Star Trek toys, and there was the Planet of the Apes toys. Yeah, GI Joe and Mego you know, made a huge amount of money for a pittance. Actually, you can find some good websites that tell that story uh, because the action figure thing was actually pretty slick because they were very cheap. Mm-hmm. And they were able to use the same parts yes. for multiple different licenses. Yeah, put products. different heads on them. That's Spray right. paint them a little differently, and then it was and a whole different. That's it's, that's, yep. that's right. So it was actually it was a pretty good deal for them. Uh, but we lost sooner or later. The, that wears off, and the desire for something a bit more sophisticated comes along. And Star Wars filled that niche pretty well. Yeah, Star Wars was the first blockbuster toy. Tie-in, mm. and, and it, it, it started more... the toy commercialization of media properties in a way that we have not yet recovered. Yeah, from. even but... even more than Planet of the Apes. Yeah, did. yeah. Well, Star Trek and Planet of the Apes were the were the Mego products, and the superheroes were too. And that was some of it. Then you go into the Star Wars that changes everything, and Hasbro wisely picks up on this. Oh crap! Well, we've got this GI Joe property over here that we've had in the fifties and sixties. Let's retool that. Using the same models that Star Wars used, where you've got now instead of two or three uh, action figures that you might have, you now have seventy collect collect the whole set. Collect the whole set, <laughs> and you have it supported because it has to be media supported. You have a syndicated cartoon series yeah. in the early eighties. Yes, that yeah, that is when cartoons became unbeknownst to us as children. But that they became nothing more than thirty-minute commercials for toys. Yeah. Correct. If you if you were smart enough to get a really good writer, it's sustainable. Some comic book writers wrote for GI Joe, yes. and they wrote for Transformers. And J. Michael Straczynski, you know, one of the gods of screenwriting, he wrote for He Man and created She-Ra, which were big around the same time. Thundercats. Um. Uh, he was he one, of, been one of the writers, but I think that's he, still a Kirby saying, creation. Uh, yeah, the, she, uh, he didn't create the character, but he he was the head. He was yeah. He was the showrunner writer. Because if you if animation. you know anything about Kirby and Kirby art, and you watch He Man, yeah, you see, oh, that's Kirby. That is all Kirby. Oh, definitely. But she that's very was, much command. She was she was what he was responsible yeah, yeah. for. But he wrote for He Man because they were they were basically right uh, spinoffs of each other. Uh, and uh, if you read his book, and I'm a big give a big plug for becoming Superman. Uh, fantastic book. Uh, Joe Straczynski is one of my heroes. We're gonna do a. We gotta do one on him eventually. One of the best screenwriters out there. I still and think his Rising Stars series sucked at the end. But other than that, you did. Oh, it, it, he was uh, the ending sucked. Okay, because he was very proud of that one. Uh, and, and well, he, he he's reading his own press clippings, smoking some really good stuff. <laughs> Joe, we love you if you're listening. Wouldn't it be nice? But, but uh, well, yeah. But I mean, you know. Yeah, if you can't take a little bit of criticism, then you shouldn't be right. doing the work. Yeah, he's he's a note. He is a notoriously nice guy. Too. Yeah. Well, I just thought the ending fell flat. 
is all. Yeah, hey, and, and was kind of cliched and, and just, just... I mean, I have to go back and reread it to give you the specifics, but you know, I, just, I just did not like it. But other than that, I like his stuff. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, so Santa has become this... After the 15th rabbit hole. Uh, crass, commercialized thing. And, you know, there, there were some years, even when we had the kids, when they were smaller, when I just... I hated Christmas. Absolutely despised the season. Yeah. Because of how commercialized it was. Oh, we, we, yeah, as a parent. Well, no, just in general. Yeah. Because of how the season was so, and, and still is, so bad. It's all about the stuff, all about the buying. Uh, you know, it's not about that original uh, intention of doing a literally a good deed for yeah. three young girls. And giving, you know, giving is supposed to be from one's heart. Yes. For someone that you care for. The, the the entire concept of giving has been perverted. Yes, I, I hate process. the pressure of you have to give to somebody. And we've been conditioned, and therein lies my big moral objection to the whole thing. The entire marketing apparatus that is you know billions of dollars has conditioned us to do exactly that. We must buy the biggest, the best, etc. More, yeah. more, yeah. more. Yeah. And if I, we I don't, said, and if we don't, we are consigned to the netherworld. Yeah. And that's that's problematic for me. You don't want to disappoint your children, do you? That's Why not? I do it every other day. Yeah, you might as well. You gotta buy the biggest <laughs> thing there is and the most expensive. Make which sure they have an which Xbox of course feeds and... into the whole concept of helicopter parent to begin with, which yeah. we talked about. Yeah, that's yeah. the same same dance, different tune. You know, honestly, we had a little bit more of a, a simpler uh, Christmas a couple of years ago. Last year was it was simpler in the sense that we did uh, it was a lot of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of upgrades and what have you coincided, so we kind of made the and we splurged a little bit on that. But you know, those are kind of nice because you know you buy somebody a brand new cell phone, you pay it off in payments, and you don't even pay interest on it. So, and you don't have to put it together. And you don't have to put it together, you know. And if you're lucky, they just take the phone and go and leave you alone the rest of the day. Uh, which again is you know sounds very anti-family, but you know there's some days oh, you just love yes. the solitary. Uh, aspect of that. Yeah, hey, you know, yeah. that would be, wouldn't it be nice? But well, I have to say, last Christmas for us was very, very special. Even though we were missing our little girl Jessie, the the oldest Doxy had, had been gone only a few months, but it was uh, a big deal. First Christmas in our new house here, and uh, well, that was it, ours too. We were. Yeah, enjoying. you guys moved the same year. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because we were both, you know, the first time in the new house. Which, new uh, house, and uh, it's the first time we had attempted to make uh, standing rib roast. For Christmas dinner, which turned out amazing, and I posted about that. I remember, I remember that. Yeah, yes, it turned out really awesome. So it was like prime rib dinner for Christmas, and a nice glass of wine, a little horseradish on the side. Oh, you're making me hungry, dude! It uh, it, it it was a special Christmas. I really, yeah, really I, I loved ours because we've got in the new house. We've got the uh, the high vaulted ceiling in the. Uh, living area so we could buy the damn 10 foot tree sure. <laughs> yeah. we, that's all, because in the old house uh the ceilings were rather small so yeah, we yeah. were you know, well, we've we got to cut uh, them way short what i call the christmas tree window uh there yep. in the uh, uh, uh just to the right of the television as you're looking right at it, yeah that, yep. that punch out there and so we can have one slightly taller yep. um but you know, one of the coolest things about the first year actually the first two years we were at our new house uh, we had the first year both sides of the family tr- of Tracy's mom's family and Tracy's dad's family yes none of my family is here um, they all came over and we did Christmas at our place uh, you know it was a pain in the butt to set up for but you know a lot of that is also there's some potluck to it we don't 
you know, have to do all of the food. Yep. Um, but it was so nice not to have to go anywhere. I would host every year if it meant I didn't have to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't really have a very good window for the Christmas tree uh, in this house yet. Uh, or at all. Uh, we'll, we'll probably have to end up putting it towards the back window eventually. But we did buy a brand new tree for this year. Oh. Our, our other tree is 20 plus, you know. And uh, so, but this year I think we're going to put it up down here uh, in Studio M, down in the man cave. Well, you, oh, you, you've just got to, the option to get, you know, to, to get keep, a few others too. We've yeah. got a little bitty one. Uh, we bought, we bought, we've been buying a reel for many years. Yeah. Uh, and so we can get those big 10-foot ones uh, yeah. if you get the right one. And we also had a small one at the top of the uh, stairs, that we, we, which we have now. Uh, we've got... Oh, yes, you have kind of a landing at the top of the stairs. We've got an excellent place for a small one, Which yes. we did that, and it worked out really, really well. I'm, I wanted her to put one in the front window in the dining room, which we don't use much. Yeah. But she wasn't willing to buy two trees, and I guess... So, yeah, see, so I would... Yeah. We don't yeah. have enough, as much crap as we have, we don't have enough crap to, to yeah. decorate that. Well, I get pretty exhausted by the time I unwind 400 lights and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and assemble a, a, the artificial. But it's, yeah, we've never even had the uh, the brand new artificials, never even been out of the box. It's, oh, it's wow. in here ready to go. We bought a pre-lit tree uh, a couple of years ago. I still add lights to it because pre-lit's not enough lights. Uh, yeah. You know, I like a, well, but you know what? I really... It just I'm to the point where I don't even like doing the the, the decorations because Mrs. Robert likes every possible thing to put on the darn tree yes. as she possibly can. Yes. Now the girls have taken a good deal of their ornaments because they've moved out on their own. Yeah. yeah. So you know we don't have as much stuff to put on it, so maybe it won't be as bad this year. But yeah, you know, yeah, we've got to kind of restrain a little bit of the Hallmark uh, ornaments. I would like to redo our tree and make it kind of. Where all the ornaments were sort of alike, so hanging bourbon bottles, from we, maybe we, uh, we, uh, <laughs> have it have it be kind of a not I guess a theme is the wrong word, but where it had a kind of a consistent look. But yeah, there's something yeah. to be said. Mrs. For the, Francis the has been into, that, been into that for a long yes, time. Yes, your trees are always. We, yeah, she won't. She won't tolerate hodgepodge anymore. Those, those yeah, yeah. Yes, away. I remember your tree is is very much like a design. Uh, yeah, she was Robert is into means. the you know these all have special meaning. They were from a particular year. Yes, or they're home we did made that for a while, kids. and they got retired. And yeah, well, no, Mrs. Roberts like, well, no, we just add them every year. It's like, we don't have a tree big enough, first of all. Yeah, and yes. then it's time for you know two when I was growing up. First of all, we didn't put up the tree until like you know the fifteenth. And partially that's because my parents were lazy about getting a tree. Yeah, and I had to insist on it uh, in the latter years because. I was the only kid at home, and then you know, when I, as I became older, they were like, "You don't need a tree." And I was like, uh, "Yeah, we need a tree. Need a tree." Um, so you know, but they always did a late tree, whereas Mrs. Roberts' family always did it Thanksgiving weekend. So we yes. have that constant yes. war. Guess who wins every year? I know over. who wins. It ain't you, bro. <laughs> and it ain't me. Yeah, yeah. I would much rather do it a little later, but by the time we have so many things going on and all that, it's like, well, shoot the the. Four day weekend's about the only chance we got, so it's yeah. gonna have to be. Then of course there's Friday, uh, after Thanksgiving. Then of course there's the, uh, the our bourbon pastor who uh, yeah. uh, refuses to go into home where the Christmas tree is up. Uh, one of the uh, couples we're meeting with later on uh, yeah. for the trivia uh, turns out we independently got invited to the same trivia event with mutual friends. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, 
they, you know, they decorate the same time everybody else does, you know, Thanksgiving weekend. And, like, he will go up and he won't, but he won't go anywhere out of their, past their kitchen because it's all Christmas stuff everywhere else. <laughs> oh, the pain. Because oh, Christmas doesn't start until New Year's Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah, or, yeah, Christmas doesn't start. That's, that's right. Yeah, Christmas doesn't start until Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways. Yeah, we'll talk about New Year's next week. Yeah, probably, yes. Which is kind of a great segue to end this episode yes. in. Real quick, though, I just want to say, as much as we rabbit-holed and complained about some of the aspects of Christmas, uh, at, you know, this really was about St. Nicholas, the guy who started that's everything. Right. Listeners, go look him up. Look up the real, uh, you know, there's two things you need to do. The real reason behind the season is, yes, the birth of Jesus Christ on the 25th, but St. Nicholas is not Santa Claus, damn it. And hopefully your kids were not here to hear that. But he's worth looking into because he's a fantastic historical figure. And as much as we sound like a bunch of grumps, we do love Christmas. We do. Merry you know, Christmas to all. Love the, the, all the getting together with family and friends to hang out. I That's really right. do. It is good. Uh, you Because know, I love when we can get together and hang out when we don't have to record. There's no pressure. We don't do that often enough. Yes. That's yeah. why our trip to Illinois was so great. Yeah. Because we didn't have any pressure to, to do anything other than just be us. Yeah. Be there and uh, record I, whatever I saw. I sense that then you're interested in a Christmas road trip. Oh, we could certainly do that. Oh, that may have to take some planning. Well, I tell you what. I'm off from the Wednesday before Thanksgiving to the, all of that weekend. I know that's probably off limits because there's stuff going on. But I am off from Christmas Eve through the day after, or through the first Monday of January. Because we are observing the New Year's holiday on the Monday, not the Friday. Because, you know, because it's on a Saturday and usually Mm -hmm. you do. But, because it's a year, you got to take that New Year Mm -hmm. holiday in the year that it happens. Yeah. So. Ours is set that way. But normally it's not a problem, but when it happens on a weekend, it throws you off. So, so anyways, got I've got like 10 or 12 days in a row off. Yeah, I've got some time uh, around then and a couple other days as well. December yeah, 3rd not, and 10th. And if I'm not busy working on the book, which I will be for a good deal of that, I can squeeze a few days to uh, uh, get together and we can do a road trip. Even a short one. Even a short one, yeah. Just, just a mine ride or something even. Yeah, even just a day trip somewhere. Have have dinner at Schnitzelbank. Oh, now there's really? a plan. There's yeah. a plan. Oh, no, we have a very nice German restaurant or two here in town. This is true. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, we'll have to we'll have to do all things Germanic then. You know. Yes. We can talk like Arnold if we want to. You know. Yeah, even I know. though that would be Austrian. I know, but it's close enough. But for, it's close well, enough. Well, it'd be you know it fit right in with Saturnalia and. That's right. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Very Sheldon Cooper. Happy Saturnalia to everyone. Right. Francis, man. What is next time? Uh, Hoopajoo boys. Hoopajoo. You know, oh, love yeah, We gotta. Got a fifth, uh, fifth Friday this month, so uh, where you never know what this is going to be. Although we do already, it's going to be, and I forget which one of us thought this one up. Uh, I think it was him. I think it, yeah, I think it was Martin. Great, cool cars that we either had or wish we had had. Wish we Mostly had. wish we would have. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I still have a fondness for a certain vehicle that I would love to have again. Well, we'll yeah, talk about I, I think that. that's where the idea came from. You, was, you know, yeah. talk about something we, you guys had because we all have a history. You know, at, at our ages, mid fifties. We've had a few cars. Yeah. And well, you don't have to rub it in when we're all in our mid-50s. Hey, it's a, <laughs> hey, it's a great place to be, folks. You know, just for our, for our younger listeners, 30s were meh, 40s were awesome, and 50s are even better. So, hey, got something to look forward to. Merry Christmas to one. And to all a good night. Mm-hmm.
Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.